Man, what a good place to be. Amen. Man, uh, worshiping with you today has already been a, uh, an amazing experience for me, so I'm grateful. And uh, if you got your Bibles this morning, why don't you go to 1 Peter chapter 3 with me. 1 Peter chapter 3. Uh, such an exciting day today, and uh, so thankful that we get to baptize a sister and brothers, and um, I've looked forward to that all week long, and so I'm just grateful. Super grateful today for the opportunity. I want to take the opportunity to speak to you this morning a little bit about baptism and what a beautiful picture of the gospel it is. And uh, I, I hope this will make sense to you. Now, I, I believe there's lots of people today who don't understand the importance of baptism and what it truly means. So I want you to see just a little bit about what God's Word says about it. There's a lot we could talk about, but I'll try to stay as focused as I can. Now, if you're a follower of Christ already that's been baptized, this is still an important message for you. Uh, I, I want this to be a reminder of what Christ has done for us. But if you're a believer in here that's never been baptized, my, my hope is that when you leave, you'd have a desire to be baptized. Uh, at least that's my prayer for you. See, I want you to know up front that baptism is an ordinance that was given to us by Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He expects all believers to be baptized. Yeah. It's very clear. I could take you to a lot of scriptures this morning. I'll, I'll just take you to the Great Commission while you begin to pray for me that maybe God will speak and move in our hearts. But just listen to these words, what Jesus said. He told His disciples He was, he was ascending into heaven. He was leaving and He said, Listen, go therefore... And make disciples of all nations. And we all would say amen, right? Yeah, yeah. But look at the next thing. <laughs> Baptizing them. Yeah. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen? So we understand that the Lord's expectation was for us to baptize. Yeah. And to be baptized. Now I know uh, maybe some of you would say, well, what about the thief on the cross? <laughs> he wasn't baptized. And you're right, amen, he was not baptized. He, 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 he was not. And I would never preach to you that baptism saves you because it don't. Yeah. Baptism doesn't save you. But I would say this. The Lord expects it of His people and outside of the thief on the cross... I don't see many examples in the Scriptures of where they weren't baptized. Yes, right. I, I, I would point you just to a couple this morning. Uh, Acts 2.38, just listen to what they said here. Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized.
sister Lord who wrote the steps out God and came to give her life to you God what a glorious moment Father God we pray that you now fill her heart God with truth fill her heart with the spirit God and make her heart new Father make her to be born again God and what only you can do God we rejoice in your salvation this morning God we rejoice God that by faith God you Open our eyes, God. You touch us with your grace, God. And we're thankful this morning, God. So we pray now, God, for you to just, God, fill her up, God. I pray, Father, with your love, with the forgiveness and grace and mercy, God. Wash all of her sins away, God. Make her white as the snow, God. We know, God, the minute she believed, you did that for her, Father. And we're grateful, God. You did it for us, too, Father. We're so grateful. God, help us to love her. And to help her to grow, Father, and help her, God, to get stronger in you, Father. We love you. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 See, that's not an interruption ever in a message. Ever. That's exactly the way we should be. If the Lord beckons your heart at any moment, you come in faith and you just come on. Okay? Just come on. Any moment, any time. We thank God for that this morning. Thank God for that. Acts 2.38, listen to what Peter said. Just what we just saw. Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ain't that good? She, listen. She just received the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's something this morning. That's something this morning. In Acts 2.41, Peter got done preaching this message. You know what they did? He said, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And there was about 3,000 souls added to them. Now, I'd like to be into the river that day. Amen. Amen. Uh, but I'm glad we get to go today. Amen. Uh, I think about Philip and the eunuch after Philip began to speak to the eunuch and, the, and explain to him the things he was reading there. The, the eunuch said, well, I, here's water. What hinders me? He said, if thou believest, thou mayest. Thou mayest. Right? So there's this, there's this pull. To, to baptism, once we're born again, we should have a desire yeah. to be baptized. Amen? Yeah, yeah. And, and now listen, uh, I, I know the thief on the cross may be the, the, uh, the exception to the rule, but he had a good excuse. Yeah. Yeah. What's your excuse? Amen? Yeah. Yeah. What's your excuse this morning? Just think about that today. And now listen, if you're not a follower of Christ, you may, there may be others in here this morning who are lost or not born again. Uh, and I hope today as we preach this, you'll consider your life in light of the gospel of Christ. Right In Ecclesiastes, there's a question that we all have to think very seriously about. It says, who can bring a man to see what will happen after him? Who can bring a man to see what will happen after Do you ever slow down? And really think about what's going to happen to you after this life. You see, if you believe what Jesus taught, you know you're going to spend eternity in one or two places. One of two places. You'll either be with Him, living in the new heavens and the new earth. You'll have a, a glorified body that's completely free from sin. And you'll enjoy the presence of God forever. Um, there'll be 
pure joy, the absence of sin, all sin's corruption erased, or you'll spend eternity in the torments of hell where the Bible says the worm dies not. That worm is your conscience. Where your conscience will never die and the fires are never quenched and you'll spend there uh, your eternity there because you loved your sin, you rejected salvation through Jesus Christ, and you would not believe in Him by faith. You would not surrender your life to Him. I remind you this morning of what our brother read, John chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. It's clear as a bell. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Amen? Amen. Listen, to, listen to another verse of Scripture, John 8, 24. I'm going to drive it home. Uh, Brother John sent me a, a little thing this morning. It was a little, uh, uh, a, a little thing on Facebook, and it said, Preach the truth. If it fills the house, wonderful. If it empties it, that's okay too. Amen? Amen. So John chapter 8, verse 24, it said this. It said, if Jesus said, If you do not believe that I am He, in other words, that I am God in the flesh, the light of the world, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, the Christ, the Son of the living God, if you do not believe that I am He, He said, You will die in your sins. And if you die in your sins, where I go... You cannot come. Amen? That's as clear as it can be. So I beg you today, if you're in here and you're lost, you need to begin to really consider your life and think for a moment, if you were to die in your sins, you cannot be with Christ. And death could happen at any moment for any of us. We never know when our time will be able. So don't waste another minute of your life living for sin. Open up your eyes and see the truth. Uh, and, and, and you're giving up eternal pleasure, eternal peace, eternal joy. You're giving up a relationship with the living God. But that could all change. You just saw it. It could all change today in a moment. Uh, uh, just, a, I mean, but it's just a. You can't even put a time stamp on it. You can't say uh, this is. It's just in the moment that your heart begins to believe by faith is the moment that God's grace washes over you, and you are touched and changed and reconciled with God and united together with Christ and redeemed and restored and saved and you walk with Him and He's a Father to you. Amen. I mean, you, you, you can't get any better than that. Amen. So don't waste your life. Not another minute of it. i got to get into the message. I know. Just remember, to, to the saved and the baptized, this is a reminder of the goodness of God. Uh, to, the, to the saved and not baptized, this is me trying to beckon you to obey the Lord and be baptized. Yeah. Obey Him and be baptized. This is a command from your Father to you and to the lost. I'm trying to point you to a Savior this morning. Yeah. And there is no other Savior other than Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. First Peter chapter 3, where I told you to turn. Let's look at verses 18 through 22. I'm ready for another one to tear out. Yeah. 1 Peter chapter 3, 18 through 22. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, 
that He might bring us to God. Amen? Being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Whom also He went and preached to the spirits in prison, who were formerly who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls were saved through water. There is also an antitype or a, or a figure of which now saves us. Baptism, not the removal of the flesh. He's saying it's not water baptism that saves us. Amen. But it's the answer of a good conscience mm-hmm. towards God. Yes, amen. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into heaven, He's at the right hand of God, angels and authorities yes. and powers having been made subject to Him. Amen? amen? Now I chose that scripture this morning because I want us to look at the connection that's made between the believer's baptism and the great flood in the days of Noah. Peter links those two things together and it's important for us to understand because I believe when we see Noah in the ark going through the flood, we can also get a glimpse of what Christ has done for us through His death and resurrection. And we can better understand the symbolism of baptism. So just hang with me this morning for a few minutes and I'm going to try to show you this, okay? Most of you probably know the accounts of Noah and the ark and the flood. Some people call it Noah's ark. It was really God's ark. Amen? Noah just happened to be the guy that built it. But God is the one who designed it and gave him everything for it. And the Bible tells us that, that the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only on evil continually. And and, and the Bible says that that grieved the heart of God. It grieved God. And he determined that he would destroy man from the face of the earth. He would destroy man and beast from the face of the earth. You see, man's sin had so corrupted everything that God was going to have to deal with this through death and destruction. The wages of sin has always been death. Always been death. And so God determined to bring about a flood. A flood so great that it would cover the highest hills and mountains and it would destroy all living things. And that should reveal something to us this morning. God has an intense hatred of sin. God despises evil. He hates sin. He abhors wickedness. In God's eyes, the just punishment for sin is death. And I want you to understand this morning that God hasn't changed. He still hates sin. And the punishment for sin is still death. The Bible says, I think it's in Ezekiel, the soul that sins shall surely die. And this is a real problem, amen? Now for you that's been saved a while, you say, this is maybe this is basic. That's okay. We need a little milk sometimes too, amen? So just hang in. But see, the real problem here is that God hates sin and the wages of sin is death. But Romans chapter 3 says, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Amen? So just as it was for the people in the days of Noah, 
Their hearts were on evil continually. So it is with people today. They don't want to retain God in their knowledge. Their hearts are on evil continually. They're filled, in Romans chapter 1 and 2, it says they're filled with unrighteousness and wickedness and their hearts are hardened and unrepentant. Listen to these couple of verses in Romans chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. He says, but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent, that means your unrepentant heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to each one according to his deeds. You see, just as there was a judgment day coming in Noah's time, there's a judgment day coming for us too. There's a judgment day that's coming. And it goes on to say in verses 8 and 9 of Romans chapter 2, he said those who are self-seeking and those that don't obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, there's indignation and wrath and tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil. Yeah. <laughs> this is the wrath of God revealed against sin. And see, just as God had determined to flood the earth and to destroy all the living in Noah's day, God has determined that he is going to destroy the earth again. But this time, he says, by fire. Yeah. But back in Genesis, men's hearts wicked, sin abounding. But yet we can see the mercy of God on display because the Bible says there was a man that found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was that man. And I want you to hear what it says. It doesn't say that Noah earned grace from the Lord. It said he found it. Noah found grace in the eyes. And I want you to know this today too. You can't earn grace. You can't earn grace. Now you can find it this morning. But you can't earn it. Amen. Noah had a relationship with the living God. Noah was a man, the Bible said, that walked with God in the midst of that unclean, sinful, and wicked people. Noah was a man who trusted in God. He believed God. He feared God. He loved God. And because all those things are true, because he had been touched by the grace of God, he was set apart. He followed God instead of following the people and the pattern of the world around him. Because God had given him grace. And church, listen to me this morning. Just really listen. That is exactly what we're supposed to be if we've been touched by grace. Yeah. We're to be set apart. Those of you that were just recently saved, those of you that's been saved for a long, long time, you're to be set apart. You're to live different than the world around you lives. You're a peculiar people now. A people who are in the world, but not of the world. And it's because you found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And if you're listening this morning and you've never been born again, I want you to know this. You can find grace in the eyes of God because the Bible says grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The grace of God has appeared to all men now. All men. 
You can walk with God just like Noah walked with Him. But you have to come by grace through faith in Christ. There's no other way. Noah had to come by grace. I had to come by grace. Every born again Christian there had to come by grace. And you have to come by grace too. Yeah. Because that's the way, the only way. But God warned Noah of this judgment. And he told him to prepare an ark. And Noah did that. He did exactly what God said. Listen to what Hebrews 11 says. And I'm going somewhere. I know this is about baptism. In Hebrews chapter 11 it says, By faith Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. For years, Noah built that ark. A hundred years, the Bible says. And he preached the grace of God to the people around him. But none would listen. None would hear. They hardened their hearts even more. Now we don't know all that happened. It's not all recorded there. But I, I use a little bit of imagination this morning. But in my mind, I would imagine that probably there was some there who went by Noah and said, I'm going to come over there one day and help you work on that boat. I believe what you're saying about God. I, I, I believe that, that, that maybe this is going to happen. And one day, just as soon as I can, I'm going to make some time. I'm going to come work on that boat too. Yeah. Yep. But their actions prove different. Yeah. Their words said they believed. Yeah. Yeah. But their actions, they never really came to work on the boat. They didn't get on it when the rain's coming. So they didn't really believe. And I'm sure there were some that laughed at him. And I'm sure there were some that felt sorry for him. And I'm sure there were some that just ignored him. But you know what? Those same people are still amongst us today. There are those today who just ignore the gospel. They think as long as they don't have to think about it, it doesn't apply to them. As long as they don't talk about it, it doesn't apply to them. And I'm sure there's some that laugh at the gospel today and they think they've outsmarted God and they think that they're well, uh, so much more wise uh, than the Scriptures were. And I'm sure there's others that try to ease their conscience by saying, oh, you know, I believe in God and one day I'm going to serve the Lord. One day I'm going to follow the Lord. Uh, 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 but, but just right now, I can't do it right now because there's so much other stuff going on, but then they never really do. But what I like about Noah is Noah's faith was on display. See, Noah trusted God, and you didn't have to guess if he did. You could see the evidence. You could see the evidence. It was in his obedience. He was building that boat. He was doing exactly what God told him to do. And listen, if you're a true Christian this morning, a real disciple of Jesus Christ, your faith will be seen, be evident in your obedience. Yeah. That's important for you to know. It'll be seen in your obedience if it's real. For years, Noah built the ark and he demonstrated faith and he preached grace and nothing happened. But one day the ark was all finished up and God spoke to Noah and his family and He said he, he told them to come into the ark. And the Bible says that Noah did all according to what the Lord commanded him. And on the very same day they entered the ark, the Bible says the Lord shut him in. The Lord shut him in. 
And I'm trying to get to the, I'm trying to summarize now. And the rains came. And the Bible says the waters prevailed. And they covered the earth and even the highest hills. And I, I personally believe that the reason that it talks about covering the highest of hills is so that we could get the image in our mind that there was no other way to climb up, no other way to escape. Yeah. That you couldn't climb up some other way. Yeah. Jesus said something similar. He said, those that try to get to heaven some other way other than me, he said, they're like a thief and a robber. It won't work. They can't get in, right? And so they covered the highest hill so that there was no way that any soul could be saved except on this ark. All those who were not in the ark perished. But God, the Bible says, God remembered those who were in the ark. And God caused a, a great wind to pass over the earth and the rains were stopped and the waters receded and the ark rested. And after many months, the ground dried up and there was new life. And Noah sent out a dove and it went forth and eventually it brought back an olive branch. The symbolism is thick. What, what came when Jesus was baptized? A dove, amen? I, I'm just telling you this morning, uh, we could preach a lot on this, but I'm trying not to, not to get too deep, okay? I'm just trying to keep it up here just a little bit this morning. But you go study this and you're going to find a, a well of things to rejoice in. Now you're probably thinking though, what does any of that have to do with baptism? Why would Peter connect that story with baptism? And I just want to show you a few things real quickly so that you can see them. Number one, the waters of the flood represent the wrath of God. The ark represents Christ. And the result was new life. Okay? So just, just think about those things. First, the waters of the flood represent the wrath of God. The wrath that was being poured out on all mankind against their sin was in the form of a flood. It was water. And you see the ark had to go through those waters but those that were in the ark were safe. The ark had to go through it. In the same way that the ark had to endure the flood waters which was the wrath of God Christ had to suffer the wrath of God for our sins. That's what Peter said back in the scripture. Go back and look in 1 Peter chapter 3 at that first verse there, 18. He said, For Christ also suffered once for sins. The just, the sinless one, for the sinners. The just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Amen. You see, Christ suffered for our sins. If, if we went back, we could read in Isaiah 53, uh, for time's sake we won't, but we could read about how the Bible says how He took, He Himself bore our iniquities. He was crushed and bruised for us. And it pleased God to crush Him. It pleased God to do that to Him. Now, just like, just like as hard as it is for us to understand, uh, it pleased God to rid the earth of all this sin in Noah's day. When we go down to the water today, I, I want you to see more than just water. 
want you to look out over that water when we look at that lake, and I want you to see a few things. Number one, I want you to see the wrath of God. I want you to see it. But I also want you to see the love of a Savior that took the wrath of God for you. I want you to look into the water and see the wrath of God, but I want you to see it being poured out on Christ. Not because of His sin, because He was without sin. I want you to see it being poured out on Him because of your sin. Your sin. And I want you to see Him willingly taking your place in death, <clears throat> suffering for you. And I want you to see Him suffering and dying for you because that's exactly what the water of baptism represents. It represents the death of Christ for us all. And so when they go down into the water, what they're saying is, what it symbolizes, is they're saying to the world, I trust His death for me. And I'm laying down my life so that I might live for Him. I'm dying to sin and self. The old me is crucified and this water represents my grave. I'm now in Christ. I'm united together with Him. Uh, uh, the, all the wrath of God all around, but I'm safe in Christ because of what He's done for me. I'm buried in the likeness of His death trusting that He took my sins and He took the wrath of God that was reserved for me and He took my place and now I am safe in Him. Listen to Romans 6, 3 and 4. Paul gets it. Paul said, Do you not know that as many that of us were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death. You see it now? So plain. That's what you need to see when you look at the water. You need to see Christ in your place, Christ suffering the wrath of God on your behalf. You need to think about those old flood waters in Noah's time and see there was old Noah in the midst of the wrath of God, safe, in the ark of God. And when you climb into the flood waters, you can rest assured you're safe in Christ. Amen. Safe in Him. Yes. Listen, when you see that, you'll happily walk out into that water Amen. and associate yourself with Christ. Amen? And there you'll be able to say like Paul, you'll stand out there in the water and you'll say, I am crucified with Christ. Yeah. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. Amen. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Amen. You see, when you go into the waters of baptism, you're showing the world that Christ's death was your death. That it was sufficient for you. And you're trusting in Him. But when you come out of that water, when you rise up, you're dunked under for just a moment, but, but when you come up out of that water, just as surely as you're buried with Him in death, 
The Bible says you're raised together with Him to new life. Listen, listen to the rest of Romans chapter 6, verse 4. He said, Therefore we were buried with Him through baptism into death. But listen, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Amen? You see, in Christ the old you is dead and gone. And a new person, a new you, has been created in Christ Jesus. You're a new creation in Him. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Amen? You've got a new heart, new desires, new affections, new direction, new meaning, new purpose. It's all new in Him. And you are changed, uh, I mean completely. You no longer live for this world. Not at all. Now you're called to walk by faith. This new you has been set free. Think about this with me. This new you has been set free. When they come up out of the water, see it. They're set free from sin. They're set free from the power of sin. Now, what? Just what? What? Just moment. I mean, literally, just moments ago, you watched someone pass from death to life. They, they, they sat back there, condemned and dead. And because of the Spirit of the living God, because of the work of Christ, because the Father drew, they passed from death unto life. They went from dead to living. That's an amazing thing. Now, now, just like her, any of the rest of us that's been uh, set free in Christ, see, we're free to live in Christ. We're free to obey Christ. We're free to have joy in Him, to have fellowship with God through Him. That we were once dead in trespasses and sin, we've now become alive unto God. That's amazing. You see, before, and you remember this, maybe maybe you've been a Christian so long you forgot, and maybe God wants to remind you. Before, when you heard the preaching of His Word, you wanted to dispute it. You wanted to argue about it. You didn't really want to trust it, but now when you hear it, you long to hear more of it and you long to obey it. Before, you were burdened and, and grieved by His commandments, but now you want to keep them. You find joy and happiness in His commandments because you trust Him and you love Him. Before, you were powerless to live for Him, but now the same power that rose Christ up from the dead is living in you and me and we're filled with power from on high. Filled with the Spirit of the living God. Death no longer has a hold on us. We forget that. But now you've been given eternal life in Christ. You know that you were His. And nothing can separate you from His love. Let me ask you. In that ark, how many windows was there? Just one. How many doors? One. Who shut it? God. And who could have opened it? Only God. They were safe in there. They were safe in there. I'll let you think on that for just a little while. I'll tell you this. Nothing can separate you from His love. And no man can pluck you out of His hand. Amen? You know, listen, if you've been born again, you no longer want to live in sin. 
You see your sin the way God sees it, you despise it. You despise it. You'll know that you've passed from death to life. You'll have love for people that you didn't think you loved before. You'll be able to love people that you couldn't love before. Amen? You'll know. You, 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 things will be different because God has transformed you. And you've come to love God more than you love your own self. And that only happens when you're really born again. See, sometimes I think we get the gospel message mixed up. We hear the invitation to come to Christ as we are. And we think somehow that means we can stay as we are. But the truth is, you come to Christ exactly how you are. But you need to know when you come to Christ, you lose your life and get a new one. That's the power of Christ in us. Amen? That's resurrection power. Paul said that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. So when you go down to that water today and you see our sister and our brothers baptized, when we pull them up from that water, I want you to see that there's new life in Christ. They died with Christ. Christ took their sins. Christ demonstrated His love. Christ suffered the wrath of God on their behalf. And now they've associated with that. They've been buried with Him in baptism. But they didn't just die. They rose up a changed new person to walk in newness of life. Sin conquered. Death defeated. Christ saved us. Filled with the Spirit of God. New life. Life and life more abundantly. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. Peace that surpasses all understanding. This is what that baptism symbolizes. Now just listen to this. I'm almost done. Just listen to Romans chapter 6 verses 5 through 11. This is exactly what Paul's talking about. I've already read you 3 and 4, but now listen. He said, for if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. Amen. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. No longer slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with Him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over Him. For the death that He died, He died to sin once and for all. But the life He lives, He lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's what baptism symbolizes. It's a symbol of Christ's finished work and love for us and how He suffered for us and died for us and rose from the dead. And now we lay our lives down and live by faith in the Son of God. We put our full trust in Him knowing that we're a new creation. We're not the same. We don't live for the world any longer. We live for Christ. We no longer serve sin. We're no longer slaves to sin. We serve Christ. We no longer love self above all. We love Christ above all. Yeah. And He's told us that we are to be 
baptized because it is the answer of a good conscience right. towards Him. Yeah. It's, in other words, it's our response to grace. Yeah. It's how we show the world that we are Christ and His alone. Yeah. Now, if you don't know the Lord, listen to me. You're still outside the ark. Those people may have had good intentions. I, I guarantee you there were some people back in Noah's day that you would have said they were a nice person. Mm -hmm. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Around here in our area, we have, we have an epidemic of people who think if you're a nice person, you're going to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the funeral home, they'll say, they, they gave you the shirt off their back, I know I'll see them again. You can give every shirt you own and that won't get you into heaven. Amen. I'm just preaching to you the truth now this morning. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a, we've got an epidemic of folks who just don't understand that the only way to heaven is faith in Christ. He's the only way. He's the only way. There was probably all kinds of nice people, moms, dads, all kinds of people there. But you see, all the faithless and unbelieving perished in the waters outside the ark. Despite their good intentions or how nice they were, they didn't listen to God's call. God sent forth a proclamation through Noah to warn them and to compel them to believe, but they refused. And the day came and Noah and his family boarded the ark and God shut the door. And I pray that you'll hear me this morning. The future of this world is determined. God is going to destroy this world with fire. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm coming to a close, but just listen. Second Peter chapter, Second Peter chapter 3, listen to these few verses. He said, For this they willfully forget. That by now notice that they willfully forget. That by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth was standing out of the water and in the water. By which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth which are now, they're preserved by the same word. And they are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. But do not, but beloved, do not forget this one thing. Here is your opportunity. That with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years. And a thousand years is as one day. And the Lord is not slack concerning His promise. As some count slackness. But He's long-suffering. Remember when Peter said back in the days of Noah, there was a divine long-suffering. A hundred years God waited for someone else to repent. A hundred years, a divine long-suffering. We're in an age of divine long-suffering right now. And he said this. He's long-suffering towards us. And you say, well, why? Because he's not willing that any should perish. He doesn't want you to perish. But that all should come to repentance. But, even though he wants that, even though he would love to see that, the day of the Lord will come. As a thief in the night in which the heavens are going to pass away with a great noise. And all the elements of the earth will melt with a fervent heat. 
both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. God's wrath is coming. It's coming on those who refuse His salvation. Those who will not come into Christ are going to perish just like those who would not go into the ark. Christ is the door. But one day the door will be shut. There is a coming day when the door will be shut. And you better get on board today. You better get on board now. As our brother prayed this morning, today is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear God's voice, harden not your heart. What you saw this morning was the exact response you should have. God's Spirit beckons and you obey. God calls, God opens your eyes and you say, I believe that. I believe that the wrath of God is coming. I believe that God hates sin. I believe I'm a sinner. I believe that if I don't get things right, if I die in this condition where Christ is, I cannot come. And if you believe that today, fix it up, get it right, jump up, come to the altar, ask God to save your rotten soul, and watch what He can do. Watch what He can do. You better get on board. Listen, when the wrath of God is poured out, there will be no other way outside of the ark of Christ. If you're not in Him, you'll perish. You will perish. Guys, listen. It's got to be real. Fake Christianity won't save you. Playing play church won't save you. Amen? The sinner's prayer won't save you. Baptism won't save you. It's got to be real faith in Christ. And if it's real, you'll want to be baptized. You'll have a desire. God will put that desire in your heart if it's real. Now, I'm just telling you the truth. That's what, that's what the Scripture shows us. You had to receive the grace of God by faith. Repent and believe. That's what Peter said. He said, repent and believe and be baptized. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Give your life to Him. Go all in, full surrender. Let go of the world. Let it pass you by. I promise you, there's nothing in this world worth trying to hold on to. There ain't nothing that's going to save you from the wrath to come other than this man, Christ Jesus. He's the only way. He's the only way. And if you, listen, if you can see the truth, if you can see that this world is perishing and you're in sin's prison, then I want you to know today you have this opportunity. You're sitting over in the corner of a prison cell and the door's already unlocked. Just get up. Just get up and come to the door. Push it open. Walk out. Find the freedom that's in Christ Jesus as we stand together this morning. As we stand together, we bow our heads for a moment. We begin to think about our own life and nobody else's, just ours. I'm not going to try to entice you to, 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 to come and, 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 and trick you into something, but if you know this morning if God has been speaking to you. You know. And if God has been speaking to your heart, you come and you begin to pray and cry out to the Lord. If you're here this morning and you don't know God, I don't care if you've had a profession of faith, but if you know deep down in your heart you don't really know God, you've not really been born again, today is the day of salvation. Today's the day to be born again. Today. Don't sit, don't leave this place. Listen to me. I can't tell you how many people have walked out of a church service after hearing the preacher say, don't leave without Christ, only to never return again because death found them. Yeah. 
that very week. And today, they still today lift up their eyes in hell in torment because they rejected God's Son. Don't reject Him. I don't care if you've never been to this church. I don't care if you're a visitor. I'm not asking you to join the church. I'm not asking you to be to be a member of Pat All I'm saying to you is this. You need Jesus. Amen. You need Christ. Yeah. He's here. Yeah. And He's able to save. Amen. And if you want Him, walk up here, get yeah. down, and begin to earnestly pray and ask Him to save you. You watch yeah. what He does. You watch yeah. what He does. Amen. doesn't matter to me who you are. don't care how many sins you've committed. don't care how bad they were. None of that means a thing to me this morning. I could care less. I was, I'll stand before you as the chief of all sinners. I know my wicked heart. But I know what God has done for me. And I testify He can do it for you. He can do it for you. Anybody today you want to come and be saved? Anybody at all need to be saved? Oh, today is the day. Would you come? Come and pray. We'll have somebody to pray with you, to help you. We'll come along beside of you. Anybody else from the church want to come to the altar this morning? God's speaking to your heart today. Maybe about something that I didn't even preach on. It's fine. It don't matter. If you need to come pray, the altar's open to you. I just need God's help. Strength. It's a place to get it. On your knees in prayer. We're going to go together with these in prayer.